Hello, Kermit the Skog here. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Lynn and Rob, and we're from Checkered Past the Skodcast, and you're listening to Puppet, Puppet Perspectives. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Puppet Perspectives podcast. This is a podcast with puppets that are hosting it. That is us. And we give you our thoughts on music, movies, media, and more. I'm your host, Jarrell. With me is my frog co-host, Mitch. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good, good. And today's show, as Kate couldn't tell, we are doing completely full frontal nudity on this episode. We are naked in solidarity with the writer's strike. You probably can tell from our voices that we are butt naked right now. Yes, we have naked voices. <laughs> you, you can, there's no uh like you know stifling like clothing in our voices you can tell but uh if you guys notice we normally have four co-hosts on the show lauren and tyler are not on this episode i'll explain where their absence but first let me tell you guys what we'll be reviewing today it's been a long time ring the alarm we're back finally with a new album from metallica the uh one of the four major metal bands of the uh, thrash metal scene of the 80s is back with uh, another album after a long, long wait. I can tell by uh, Mitch's uh, face and his erection since he's naked that he is excited for this new Metallica album, right? Mm, yep. Yeah. Super excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's his norm. That's the excited voice. So you can imagine his voice when he's like, you know, I guess despondent. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about that album. We're talking about the latest from uh, L. Michael's Affair with Black Thought doing an album together. Black Thought we heard recently with the Danger Mouse not that long ago, but he's back with a new album, a uh, collabo album, I should say. And we'll be talking about that. And finally, we'll be discussing a band that Mitch wants to talk about, Jesus Peace, which I'm assuming is a Christian metal, uh, Christian rock band, maybe something like that, based on the name alone. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, praisal of the Lord, hence their name. We'll be talking about that group as well. Um, excuse me. As you guys heard, I was talking about the writer strike. So we're going to, you know, guys, you'll know we are uh, about a few days into this new writer strike that happened with um, in Hollywood. I just feel like we can just discuss it, what we thought our thoughts on um, this writer strike compared to the one 15 years ago. And its impact might be a little bit different nowadays, you think, Mitch? Now, back then, it was a little bit, I know from personal experience, what I'll get into, that one was rough for me. Uh, but this one, sometimes I have to kind of remind myself what's happening. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've, been I, a little, I've been a little similar. I mean, <laughs> but I will talk about Andy that. If Andy profile picture it said writer's strike, then I would have forgotten. forgotten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we'll talk about that. And also, since we are from New Jersey, this weekend when we're recording the show, the first weekend of May, something really, really, really major, speaking of cancellations, uh, was supposed to happen uh, down by the shore at Atlantic City, to be precise, that is not happening. And I, you guys could probably tell from like looking at the, uh, the description of this podcast alone what we'll be getting into, but we will talk about the uh, cancellation of Bamboozle um our our thoughts on it as well as any um i guess past bamboos we went to and maybe we can say like that this is like you know a, a devastating loss of this not happening after 10 years of it being gone anyway or 
You know, is it just another probably potential fire festival thing that was was in the making? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, you know, for for in this situation, people were told it wasn't going to happen prior to showing up, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to the Checkered Pass Ska Cast for having me on their episode a few uh, weeks ago to talk about the uh, Satanic Ska Band, I'm sorry, Ska-Tanic Band Mephiscopheles. And uh, I really appreciate them having me on. We had a great discussion. It was a lot of fun. And I have a description a uh, link to that podcast in below where you can hear this one in the description. Check out that episode. And um, also want to give a, a big shout out to the band Faced Out. We uh, did a review for their al- their second album, their self-titled. They are a St. Louis, uh, Missouri band. And we were asked from one of our li- listeners to uh, review their recent album. So me and Mitch did that. And no sooner did I put the video up. Uh, not only were they eternally grateful for us doing that, but uh, so were their fans as well, and on Twitter and, and um, Instagram, and as well as on our YouTube channel, you can check out that video. And um, I want to say, by doing both both the the podcast I was on and this, there was a huge huge surge in podcast downloads for us after me being on the Checkup Pass. Someone has, or maybe most people have been going back through all of our catalog, listening to our figures album um, podcasts as well as our newer ones and we saw a big spike in that so that's great on that end and also on our youtube channel uh after we did that review for based out the subs spiked about and according to youtube and their um their um analysis they said we spiked 140 percent this week on our subscriptions so want to give a big uh, thanks for all that and i uh, appreciate everybody helping out to let this podcast and also our YouTube channel grow. And with that in mind, I want to encourage you guys who are listening now to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Make sure you rate and review because that helps us out. And become a patron as well. Go to patreon.com perspective to hear our retro reviews of classic albums or not so classic albums. And it's only $5 a month to help us out with that and get access to all of those as well as previous ones we've done, been doing for about over a year now. Um, Mitch, uh, based out mentioned in our Instagram that they will be here in New York, uh, the last, I guess, Saturday of June, I'll be, I'll be actually in Maine at a wedding. So I told them I would pass it on to you. And if you're able to go check them out and it will, and if it doesn't fall through, they said, you know, they'll give us where it's going to be at what venue. And maybe if you're not busy you can check it out Dude, yeah i'd love to i really enjoyed that album uh, and i said that they seem like they would be probably fucking amazing live so definitely want to experience that yeah yeah all right so you want to know where uh our co-hosts are first i'll mention uh tyler our other co-host who's been with, doing this show with me for quite a while he texted me about a couple weeks ago saying that he needed to take a uh leave of absence for personal reasons. Uh, he said he's not quitting, but a lot of stuff is going on and he just needs some time. Um, it's, uh, I'm not paraphrasing really, that's exactly what you said. So um, with that in mind, I, I have some thoughts on that. And I wanna say, uh, like I said, Tyler has been probably my longest co-host uh, since I've been doing podcasting and doing these shows. 
little over two and a half years he's been doing this with me. And um, with that in mind, I'm kind of skeptical because I've had a lot of people who've not only like been co-hosts and they've like told me at the last minute, like after a show, hey, I'm not going to do it anymore, which I feel like that's kind of like not fair to the listeners that at least they should do like a like, hey, this will be my last show. Um, I really want to thank you, blah, 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 but not just behind the scenes and I have to go and say it. But I'll tell you what, I really appreciate that way more than the co-hosts in the past that have just ghosted me yeah. and just not even said anything and not, not, not re- and not even like return my uh, inquiries or everything like that. So even though he's saying like, you know, I'm not quitting, you know, I feel like, and you can let me know how your thoughts on this, Mitch. Uh, I feel like if you stop for a while and then you want to get into this point where it's like, I haven't, you'll feel like you'll start to get kind of like disconnected from us and it will be hard to come back, even though I wouldn't be like, you know, you're, you're weird now. You haven't talked to us in X amount of like, you know, weeks or whatever like that. But I feel like on a person's end, they'll get so like disconnected from the show that they won't have the ambition to do it. Yeah. But I feel like with Tyler, it's different because he has been doing it with you for so long and you know, I, he's, he's, he's a good guy. He's got a good heart. He has good morals. Yeah. I don't know what a lot of puppets, I just, a lot of puppets I've been doing this stuff. So that's why I kind of am worried about that, but I do see your, your side of it as well too. Yeah. Please go on. I could see you thinking that for some people, like for Tyler, dude's got a great heart. I love Tyler so much. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I have hope that he'll be back. He's, he's probably just, you know, got a lot going on right now, which I can understand. And I, I, I think he'll be back. He just needs a, he needs a little bit. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, uh, cause I had it in the past where I had a co-host tell me the exact same thing Tyler said to me and so I was the one trauma response right now. Huh? This is a trauma response. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so I, I actually, uh, she told me like, Hey, I need some time off, talk off, whatever. And I was the one that reached out to her and then said like, Hey, we want to come back on this, on this episode. And she did. And then was back for about three more months until she abruptly left. Um, but what I'm saying is I was the one that said something to I think to myself, if I didn't come out and say like, Hey, do you want to come back on the show? She wouldn't have said anything either. So in Tyler's case, I'm not going to do that. I, I said, let me know when you come back. And he said he will. So, but at I, the same time, go on. I, I think that Tyler is adult enough to, because like I said, I thought he was older than me when we got into, when I first joined this podcast. He's younger than me by like a year or two. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just feel like he's, he's mature enough that he would straight up tell you, especially if he sent you that text. Like, I feel like he would straight up be like, hey, I'm just mm-hmm. not going to be doing the same or I have too much on my plate. But it, there's a desire there in that text that he does want to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'll keep, I'll keep him in the loop with what we do. Not only we have our merchandise coming up soon that I've been working on is almost done. Uh, I'll let, I'll let him see like, this is what, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this is what we have going on is you're, you're obviously still part of the crew. And um, then that would make it more like obligated on his end. If he really wanted to not come back to tell me, but I also at the same time I'm saying, Hey, you're still part of the group. So you're, you're here. So, you know, balls in your court kind of 
because like we said, I said in the beginning, he's he's been like with me for the longest. So it's like what and what Mitch is saying as well, he's got good good puppet and he's good and he's really like you know dedicated to seem to dedicate to what we do. And I really appreciate everything he's done for us. So fingers crossed out there, you guys send in some emails if you want to say like, hey, or some words of encouragement for whatever he's going through. I wish he was a little more open about what had happened, but sometimes people have personal things, whether humans or puppets, and they just need to like get through it and they don't really want to talk about it at the, at the time. So, um, so that's that situation. Lauren uh, actually said that she is just, you know, is not going to be on the show. And my concern with her is uh, you guys haven't noticed she hasn't been on our regular show since February. Uh, and if you really want to hear that's more reason why you should become a patron because she's been very dedicated to all our patron episodes that we do on a monthly basis. But um, it is kind of a little concerning that, you know, she hasn't been on a regular show in a while, but um, she hasn't said anything about not wanting to do it either. But um, I've had had a co-host in the past that just wasn't coming to things. And then it wasn't until I let them go, then they said, okay, I understand. Whereas like, I think they were waiting for me to initiate it. They wanted you to break up with them. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Classic so, classic. Yeah, yeah. So they'll just, they'll just like ruin it, just be like completely like, you know, checking out until you say something. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Lauren. We have a great you know, um, rapport and she's been the last person to join and she's been doing a really good job and helping out with relating to my, um, you know, nostalgic, you know, references or that, what have you that my younger, younger <laughs> folks do not understand. So uh, that's what's going on behind the scenes, guys. I just wanted to make sure you guys know what's, what's happening. So in case you were like, hey, why is it always just three, the three dudes? We need like a, a female perspective or where's, uh, where's, where's Tyler? I'm just letting you guys know. Um, yeah, so it was... Um, what, what weekend was it? Uh, Cinco de Mayo. So I'm appropriating the holiday this weekend with uh, some Coronas. I had a bit of a tequila earlier. All I need is a sombrero and like some uh, burritos, which I got. I got some authentic burrito Mexican food from Chipotle on Friday. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday, uh, Molly had Chipotle. I had Taco Bell. So yeah, it was it's a choice between the two. Like, what do I want to do to celebrate the day? I can't tell. But uh, basically where I live, it's like an inconvenience to get to the Taco Bell because it's on the other side of the highway and you got to like do these like in New Jersey, you have to do these jug handles and stuff like that. So it's like, forget it. It's the and same for, like every other fast food place is so accessible, but Taco Bell, it's mm -hmm. like I have to go on some sort of quest to get to and I'm just never feeling that quest. Yeah, that's that's our, that's our White Castle. We, it's Jarrell and Mitch go to Taco Bell. We should make a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so uh what's new with you man how you been i've been chilling uh you know i i like I, I, I probably mentioned before i work at a garden center it's starting to be spring i've been very busy i've been very tired been back on the nap taking grind so okay uh, nice taking a lot of naps um you know getting excited for legend of zelda tears of the kingdom is coming out this friday so uh mm -hmm. You know, definitely going to be doing some gaming soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a party at my place. Jarrell came through. So, uh, you know, we don't, we don't get to see each other in person that often. So that was pretty damn nice. Got to meet some of my uh, wacky crew of friends. 
So. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have an interesting bunch of of, of crew, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was telling I was telling Mitch like you know when and this was like one of your parents on a home house party kind of thing that I used to go to a lot in my younger days. And I was telling you, I was like, you need to work on having a more equal ratio of genders. You know, it was like as yeah, we used to call I, back I, in the day, never, sausage I've fest. Never been like that though. Huh, there up? has been there has been like instances where it's like you know open party where it's just like anyone can come kind of thing and it's just like spread the word but i don't know as i get older i kind of just like to keep it with the people i know mm-hmm. and we all know each other and we have our own significant others so there's no uh incestual things happening within my friend group <laughs> yeah there's no uh, th- but the, uh, they didn't bring their um they're better halves. It was just let me get away from the, the better ha- the, the girlfriend for tonight and hang out with the boys. That's what it was yeah. about, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely at least with Raph. Well, I I gave him a shit the next weekend, his girlfriend. I was like, you should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a good time though. It's a nice place you got going on there. And not too far. Had had a lot of fun. Um, it's nice to not be at some like, you know, skeezy, you know, part product X style party where it's like you get out of work and you gotta rush to a party and like try to like amp up or something like that because if i walked into something like that crazy i probably would have like oh i gotta tear my shirt off and like do a cake stand right now you were like the first person there i know <laughs> I, felt bad. I was like damn <laughs> all my friends are always late to shit i should have known well they knew it was like it was a <laughs> what what is fuck i can't remember that is a term as a a kicker right you ever heard that term before yeah kickback <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I never heard that until that fucking um, SNL sketch where uh, Jonah Hill was hosting, and the dad came home. He's like, and he's like, "What's going on here?" He's like, "Just a just a kickback." A what? A kickback? Just a kick. Yeah. A what? <laughs> get <laughs> get out! Everyone, get out! <laughs> and I finally got my copy of Everything Everywhere All at Once, the most important part of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to deliver to his prize for getting all the questions right or the the, the movies from the Oscars. You picked a lot of uh, choice movies that you knew were going to win Oscar. Basically, you just yeah. went with that movie. <laughs> Everyone that was nominated right. in that category, you just picked right. it. <laughs> Completely smoked Tyler in that. But you didn't hop on guitar here at the party. I was disappointed. I can't play it. I only can play real guitar. It doesn't oh, yeah. transcend. Yeah. 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 But you don't play on beginner, though. I... I like to play on beginner and then I'll usually play on medium, but I'm not very, I'm just like really not that good. My boy, Nick there, the guy with the long blonde hair. Yeah. He's insane. He can play through the fire and flames, like behind his back type shit, you know? <laughs> I can do it with a real guitar, but I'm not going to do it right now. I don't feel like it. That's the that's, that's why Nick is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Most skilled of my friend group, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I remember when, like, when that game first came out, I just did not understand it, but I, I had to go on, like, the, just using, like, the, 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 the top two buttons. That's it. I do beginner, like, just to, to and, if I see anyone else doing more buttons, I'm like, I don't want to like embarrass myself and <laughs> go on there and like go to like the options and go back to the beginning. Like, oh, what the hell? Because I get the same shit when I play Mario Kart people and I go under 100 you go, cc. You go 50 cc. You know, I like a 50 cc though. It's I nice. do too. It's nice. It's equal. I don't know. It's not as chaotic, but it's still fun. I like a good 50 cc. But I've I've gotten into the 100 just because it seems like at parties that's what people want to play. Yeah, I went to a bar and they were like, we don't do under 150. I'm like, 
Under, so I'm just getting under 150. That's crazy. They, 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 they would not because they were at 200. I'm like, can we do 100? And they're like, we're not. Well, so we did 100 and then they, they still inevitably beat me. And then they said, all right, for the next one, we're not we don't do under 150 anymore. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to be fun for me, <laughs> but I didn't want to show up for my card or anything. It would make sense in like a bar setting where like a lot of people are trying to play because then it goes by quicker because you're going faster, you know, like the 150, 200. Yeah. So like that makes sense for there, but I would still also be like, oh, well, I'm obviously not going to play because I know I'm going to fucking lose immediately. <laughs> yeah, I should have thought that, but we weren't playing for money. I just wanted to enjoy myself. And fortunately, I think one race I came in second. So that's when they, I think that was actually when they said we're going up higher. And that's when I was like, we can't, I can't play anymore. Do you ever play, I, you ever play Super Smash Brothers? Uh, I have, yeah. That's, that's like the ultimate party game. Yeah. It's like, it's more of an argument. It's like, should we have should items on or should we not have items on? And it's on. clearly the answer is no items. Cause then it's all, <laughs> and there's no, yeah. no difficulty settings. It's all just based on how good your other friends are. So usually I get my ass kicked, but I have a good time. <laughs> exactly. I, but I don't understand like the, 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 the scoring of that. Cause it's like the percentage is going up and down i fall off a cliff and come back and it's like i don't understand this is not street fighter for me i don't get it i can see that bar health will go down i understand but yeah, this is more confusing for me like there had to be like a rule instilled in my house for like the hours i'm allowed to play video game because i was obsessed with super smash brothers melee for the gamecube it was a true addiction. that was the earliest addiction i can remember i had <laughs> oh. oh well that's not it's not a dangerous addiction at all so i'll give you that no, for my for my grades and in my mom it was, was yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. I failed a test in second grade about fucking rocks, and my mom lost her shit, and then was like, "That's it, no video games on the weekdays, only weekends." And you don't know about rocks. Let me fucking show you. She just pummels you with like a boulder or something like that. Oh yeah. But <laughs> now you understand rocks. You know. Um, all right. Well. I guess I have to get my skills better with Smash Brothers because uh, my kids uh, who are eight and five are really into watching those uh, YouTube videos on them playing. And they we actually rented the game and they were just like, you know, the addiction, like you said, it was just right there. They're already watching other people play it. So they were like that week we had it from the library. They were just like hooked on it for like every hour. I was I was just telling my friend about like the memories of. You know, like when I was a kid and I was playing video games, it's not like you could go on the internet as easily and watch people play it. So when yeah. I was playing for Smash Brothers Melee, I didn't know that like about all of the characters you could unlock. I would just be playing and then be like, new challenger approaching. And I'm like, oh shit, I have Luigi now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I remember I went to my cousin's house. I don't see him very often. I went over and I was like, do you play this game, Super Smash Brothers? He's like, yeah, I have all the characters. And there was like, four characters i didn't even know were in the game and it just like blew my fucking mind and all i wanted to do was go home and get those characters just such a good feeling that i feel like it's hard to get now because of because of the internet the yeah way exactly yeah. spoiled and it's like i have to avoid twitter you know if, if i don't want spoilers for shit because the zelda game already got leaked so i have to really be careful when i'm online because i don't want to <laughs> spoilers yeah I, I I had something. What happened to me? It wasn't a game. It was like a a, a show I watch, and I oh I was on Wikipedia, I guess, and I went down and it said like something in like the in the, about the 
the next episode and I'm like and I strolled so fast you know just to yeah. get away from it but it was already it's already I saw it I'm like damn it but it wasn't a big deal right away the show I remember now was uh I'm finishing the um uh Better Call Saul on uh, Netflix and it was like the next episode they spoiled something that was said but it, it, I still watched last night and enjoyed it so one more episode to go and I'm done and I was able to not have that show spoiled for me whatsoever on that on YouTube or or um Facebook or whatever like that. So I think that's kind of helping a little bit. I'm not getting too many spoilers on certain shows. Like I remember like like maybe 10 years ago, like when I watched Walking Dead, I could if I missed an episode, I could not go on there at all. Yeah. But, but now it's, it's it's getting a little bit better where they'll put like, you know, hey, spoilers below and you have to like hit hit the see more thing on Facebook and it's just you're the one that did it to yourself in that case. See more butts. <laughs> I wanna see more butts. <laughs> mm. All right, so um, with that in mind, uh, I'm assuming we got some, I got an email asking us our thoughts on the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Um, so I didn't know if we'd go into it too much. Did you know about this? I care? heard about it on the radio and then I didn't know when it was happening or who was being indicted. I don't, I don't know. I'd love <laughs> to know. <laughs> indicted. Well, it was a... People are complaining that Missy Elliott, uh, you know, is in, but uh, like Tribe Called Quest has not been yet. Uh, Rage Against Machine put out a statement, you know, saying that they're so surprised that they're inducted, this and that. You know, Cheryl Crow is as well. And um, back to Rage Against Machine, but they were just saying, I think they're just trying to do like, you know, damage control optics where they're like not flat out saying like, we don't deserve this, which I think they do. But, you know, sometimes it's like when they read, the comments of other people that have been doing it longer have not been, they, they're, they know that they'll get shit on. So they're trying to like be as humble as possible. Yeah. Go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't, I hate to say it uh, to the person that sent the email, but I really don't, I, I, I think there should be separate ones where there's like a hip hop hall of fame and they can do all the order they want. They can do like a metal hall of fame and, you know, classic rock hall of fame and do it that way. So people aren't feeling so like, you know, butthurt about not being in it, especially when most people that are butthurt aren't even in the band. Why do you care? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things that people use as an excuse to complain about something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's my thoughts on that. I guess Mitch is the same way. So yeah. Let's segue to actually something that I do care about. Because we are five days in to the two, 2023 writer's strike. I'm sure if you guys didn't notice that uh, they couldn't reach an agreement with how writers are being paid between the WGA and the American Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers, they were at a standstill for a few months now, right? And then all of a sudden out the blue, it was like, if they don't make a deal by tonight, you know, it was going to be a strike. So I was like, oh, shit, that's happening. So I, like, woke up the next day, <laughs> uh, that Monday, and I went, went on my uh, went on the phone and found out that the right strike began at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time on May 2nd. So this is going to be the largest interruption to American television since the COVID-19 pandemic. And I have to say that, you know, I can understand this uh, and relate uh, analogy a bit. Um, 
when it pertains to the writer strike that happened in 2007, 15 years ago, that lasted for a hundred days, going from um, from November 5th, 2007, to February 12th, 2008, three months and eight days to be exact. Um, and the, do you remember that as all at all? No, I was like. Did, did not teach about that in history class? No, sadly not. Okay, so the reason why I'm not getting on Mitch about that, not remembering, is because there was a writer's strike in uh, 1988. Let me make sure I get that date right so people can't just at me, as you kids say. Yes, 1988 writer's strike. That was actually the longest one, 153 days. Uh, surpassing the writer strike that happened in 1960, and uh, for that writer strike, I was 10. And oh, wow. I don't, I don't remember that shit at all. <laughs> so, I must, I just must have missed it because when I look at all these the shows that were affected, like 30 something and the heat of the night, um, stuff like that, I'm like, I didn't really watch that, shit, so I don't know. A different world, Cosby show, I did watch, but I just didn't notice. I didn't notice because I was 10. Um, so I'm not going to give you a hard time on that. But with this strike that happened in 2007, um, a lot of shows were affected that I was watching because of how we consumed television back then. Maybe you remember that, Mitch. There was a, we didn't have a Netflix streaming or all the other streaming platforms. So we watched broadcast television. And um, when that happened, all the shows that I was watching just immediately abruptly stopped. And, uh, you know, for the shows that happened then, uh, I will get to. But first, let's talk about this new writer strike because I'm going to move all over the place. So you, let's talk about the stuff that Mitch does remember. So this writer strike that's happening now, speaking of streaming stuff, is what they're complaining about. The writers want more residuals from the streaming and media because stuff to stream now and they're not getting paid for it. And there's another thing that they're concerned about, which I didn't even know was a, was a thing at, right now, but it's, it's happening. So the shows that were affected immediately were all the late night shows. Like, so no more late night with Stephen Colbert, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel's stopped immediately because all their writers like write that night. So they stopped the, that Monday was their last show. Um, the daily show stopped right away. Um, all talk shows, basically, uh, Jimmy Fallon's done. And even Saturday Night Live was supposed to have uh, um, Pete Davidson as the host. Oh, he yeah. was supposed to host. And um, it was going to be funny because, you know, he was so checked out when he was on the show. He was probably going to be in more sketches hosting than he was when he was actually in the show. But uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure he's going to make a joke about that in his monologue. But that, I guess that's not going to happen. Um, so naturally, I feel like these shows I'm talking about, you do not care, Mitch. You don't watch. You don't watch any of these uh, real time with Bill Maher or anything. No, like that. I haven't really I, been into to like SNL, especially. I haven't really been been watching it regularly since I was in college. So, <laughs> quite some. Yeah, time. late night shows you don't care about either, right? You don't get. You're not no, getting your I political fix. Ridiculous! <laughs> like I just laughs at anything, and it's. I don't know. Oh, I, I like I like clips from things, or, or no? Jimmy Fallon's the one that never shuts up. He's the one that never stops laughing. Yeah. yeah. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very indifferent towards that stuff. I just uh, I rewatch my shows on streaming that I've watched before, and I'm happy with that. Or I'm watching I'm watching Dance Moms right now. Also a rerun. <laughs> okay, well let's let's get something that you do care about. Abbott Abbott Elementary third season is affected. Are you okay? Cobra, I do like Abbott Elementary. I watched that on Hulu. <laughs> Cobra Kai season six, which they are currently doing right now, is going to be delayed. I'm indifferent to Cobra Kai. <laughs> They had a community movie that's been Wait, uh, fuck, shut that's down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. Th- that's never going to get made. It's like, it's the, like the, the, the universe just does not want that to get made, man. God damn it. They canceled the Workaholics movie recently, too. <laughs> not because of the writer strike, so don't worry, guys. For a 26-year-old in this world right now. <laughs> I knew I'd get to you something. See, that's the whole thing. People are just like, I don't care about All right, we'll find something you fucking care about. And it's like, that's... Um, and don't worry don't worry about it they have a list of stuff that's not affected and good news good burger 2 is still happening oh (gasps) thank god (laughs) no that was happening in the first place but but, you know i love the first good burger i'd love to see another one yeah so we're safe with that but unfortunately stranger things season five has been is going to be delayed um yellow jackets season three as well um so the thing about this strike is and I'll just flat out say it compared to like, you know, 15 years ago, there is so much that I've been trying to catch up on before the strike that I'm not going to even notice it. Like it's happening. Cause yeah, obviously I mentioned, yeah. Over, we're, we're overloaded with shit now. Mm-hmm. All these different streaming services. I mean, there's shows that I want to watch, but I don't want to get Apple TV. <laughs> Yeah, there's Apple TV shows that, I, that we, we we have that we have the we have a Prime, we have um, Hulu, like you said, and you know obviously Netflix and all that. So we the, the shows are being impacted, but I'm probably not gonna. The only thing I'm noticing from my end is I do watch late night shows every day on uh, YouTube, and it's nice to get the some um, thoughts on you know the the political humor. So I know. The right, the the, the uh, conservative par- uh, party, and even Trump are loving the strike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <love> the yeah. <laughs> no more, no more shit talking us for a few months. We could just be completely assholes and everything like that for quite a while, and no one has anything to say about it. Um, but uh, I heard actually tonight at the time we're recording the show, we're supposed to have a MTV movie and TV awards show. Is tonight. But that's been affected as well, even though they're still having the show. Um, Drew Barrymore has declined to host because now she's done that, you know, down solidarity with the writers and she's not going to be there. Um, and they're going to pick at the event as well. MTV canceled plans for a live ceremony and will instead air a pre-take broadcast. I don't know what that means, but I don't watch the show anymore. So I don't uh, the that I don't watch that MTV. So I don't even know about the movie awards like I used to. Do you have anything to say about it? Didn't even know it was happening, man. <laughs> I bet, I bet, you know, it's funny. It's probably just happening in, in this state again, New Jersey. We just don't even know it's occurring. I remember last year was in uh, Newark. I don't know where this one is. It's, uh, it's not actually telling me. But if it's uh, going to be pre-taped, then I guess we don't know. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. But going back to 15 years ago, I was like fucking like a a crack fiend for those three months. Like there's no, there's no, there's, 
yeah, it's feeling. I was like, just I did, I did a show. I just need something. It's like we were like flooded with reality television shows because you know there was no other shows anymore. So all these reality, reality TV shows started sprouting up. Um, and then, uh, um, Thirty Rock was killing it that season two. That stopped. Um, I was wondering if Thirty Rock was was uh, affected during that one that I don't remember. I love Thirty Rock. Yeah, it was going. It was going good. The second season I thought was better than the first, and then that stopped. Um, Lost, I was watching, and, and you, with that show, you, every episode with a cliffhanger. So yep. we, that stopped. That hurt. But that what really really hurt was uh, the Office season four was killing it, and then that fucking stopped. But a lot of people say the fourth season of the Office, even though it's the shortest or next to the first season anyway, they say that's the best season regardless. You know, because they they stopped with the. Uh, the, did you watch the office at all yes multiple times love the all right so they, they stopped with that uh episode where michael and jan went to to the deposition whatever and you know they had this meet with all these people and then it came out with the, that his diary remember yep. that yeah and, it, and we're like oh shit this is crazy and then right strike stopped and like yeah. but then they come back with the dinner party and they just that's slam dunk that shit yeah that's you one know? of the best episodes yeah, so some some shows were better off with shorter seasons, like you know, for example, with shows like right now. So I think with the way the landscape is, where we where we consume media, with the it's not. This is why we're not going to notice it. But the reason why I think we should care is because when the writer strike ended, you notice all the movies that came out in two thousand nine were shitty. Yeah, like. You know, because the writer and they all blame it because the writer strike, like, for example, Transformers, uh, Fallen Kingdom or, or the second one. I don't know what it's called, but that, and um, the uh, Wolverine movie came out that year and people say that movie was shitty. And not to mention the Quantum of Solace from uh, James Bond. People say with the Daniel Craig, James Bond, that's the worst one of them all. So my question to you, maybe we should worry what's going to happen by next year right what do you think but maybe here's here's the the, a bad a bad timeline way it could go people (laughs) say oh yeah you want to do that look at the way i ai is now fuck you we don't need you and they just start like really going into ai with writing shit because i i saw an article saying that um i want to say it was like ubisoft was saying that they're going to start using like AI to make like dialogue in their games. And mm-hmm. it's interesting for Ubisoft to do that because it already sounds like AI generated shit in their games. I don't know. It's Ubisoft. It's not the greatest, but <laughs> yeah, know, it, the way technology is going now, it's, it's just scary, scary with all this shit. You know? Yeah. And that's actually the other thing the writers are complaining about that they saying, which I didn't know was a thing. Thanks for that segue, Mitch. You're, you're killing it. Mate. Uh, the writers also want not only do they want more residuals for streaming media, they also want artificial intelligence such as Chat GPT to be used only as a tool that can help research or facilitate script ideas and not to be used as a tool to replace them. I didn't know they were even doing that yet. That's all that's on the table because I was going to say by the 15 years from now, that's going to be the next writer strike, you know, issue. But it's already happening now. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know that. So how do you feel about having artificial intelligence even like make like a uh like a, a premise for movies 
I mean, it's I've I've seen examples of it doing some crazy shit. You know, you just give it a very basic scenario, and then it makes this whole saga out of it. It's very scary. I mean, it's it's doable, but I don't like it. I don't think yeah. it's great because it takes the, what makes art good is the humanity behind it, I believe. And it's just like the, the human emotion behind what is being created. But how can you get that if it's a computer doing it? It's like it could yeah. still be a great story, but it's just like this didn't come from someone who's had experiences or anything right. like that. And I think it's very depressing and bleak. Mm-hmm. And that's actually getting into music because I didn't know like a big deal about this Drake song. Well, this song that sounds oh, like Drake, but it's not Drake. Yeah, that's scary as hell, man. And then I saw that guy's like, I'm going to make a whole Drake album. I'm mm. like, that's weird that you're just able to do that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Scary. Yeah. I, I, it sounds better than a lot of Drake's newer stuff, too. <laughs> that's kind of what we, maybe the good side. Maybe the, if the AI makes better movies than what we're normally getting, maybe we have to be like, well, what can we do? Drake's going to lean into it. <laughs> He's going to have his yeah. OVO AI. Mm hmm. <laughs> or make maybe he'll have an AI feature on the track, you know, of the new yeah. Drake album. Yeah, that I was like, man, that guy was good. That sounded just like you. <laughs> no, but I, I guess I'm. I guess my point with this whole writer strike is, I feel like we should we we should worry. I feel like right now we're not noticing, but maybe um, at the end of the day, this and this goes back to why we're in our birthday suits. <laughs> But we, I stand with them. I, I think writers should get, you know, what they want, what they deserve. If they're making it, they should be making as much as the producers and all the executives that are, you know, getting their pockets lined every time a show is rebroadcast or like, you know, streamed or the media is bought some other way. I mean, it's only fair. Those are my thoughts on that. That's all I have to say about that, Jenna. Next up, other story. Before we get to our music uh, reviews, we are going to uh, discuss this New Jersey issue. The bamboozle was canceled abruptly. That was supposed to happen this weekend. It was supposed to be a three-day event. Um, and according to NJ.com, which I will go to that site for, to sort my material source, is that the bamboozle, or bamboozle as it's called now, was canceled back in 2012. It went from 2003 to 2012. They canceled it. And then they said that back in 2021, that it's coming back in Atlantic City this time instead of at the As instead of Asbury Park. It's going to be a big, big, big deal. They were going to have headliners like Papa Roach. Uh, uh, who else is going to play this thing? That's it. I only see his, his face on the thing, so I can't remember who else is doing this thing. But... Yeah, so they canceled out the out the blue. Everybody wanted their their money back, and there's been a whole issue with that. The reason it was canceled, let's see, the statement says that Bamboozle would not receive its final permits after organizers failed to submit necessary paperwork by the city's deadline. And there is ongoing concern we were not getting the required documents, and we asked for this information months in advance to protect the city and the taxpayers of AC. The event was fast approaching and this issue was not resolved. And then the festival organizer named John D.S. Posito also confirmed the cancellation after extensive discussion and meetings. We have to make a heartbreaking decision to cancel Bamboozle Fest 2023. Thanks for the artists for their vision. Um, 
So how do we feel about that uh, being canceled and this whole you know, issue, people getting their money back? Because we we're not going to get to see Papa Rose, Limp Biscuit, Motionless and White, Trippy Red, and uh, Steve Akot. How do you say Akot? Akaoki? Aoki. Aoki, thank you. And I'm like, what? going to play? Who? Ice Spice. Uh, they didn't give me everybody, but I'm assuming I, know, like, I, ha- I have to go. I I was I wanted to go when it was like first announced. I really considered it, so I'm glad that I didn't end up getting a ticket. But I really wanted to go because the Callous Dowboys were playing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you listen to our top ten albums of the of last year, my number one was Celebrity Therapist by Callous Dowboys. I still have not seen them. Really want to. Um, I think the Garden was playing as well, who I absolutely love. Like there was, it was a pretty was good a pretty bill. Like there was a lot of shit that I fucked with, and uh, you know, I'm really disappointed for the people that did get tickets. It's really let down. And yeah, I said that Boozle, that would have been my first. I I was just a Warp Tour guy. Oh yeah. So this spawned from like the Skate and Surf back in uh, 2002. Skate and Surf was like a thing in New Jersey, and then this that stopped, and then they like you know metamorphosized to Bamboozle. Uh, I went to two of them, 2008 and 2011, and there is a lot of bands to see, you know, whether they're like kind of like smaller tier or accused tier bands. Um, I, I can't name all the people I saw in 2008 from the Boston's to uh, Anti-Flag to Brett Michaels, and then to uh, 2011 seeing like E-Town Concrete, the uh, the Gaslight Anthem, Thrice, and Dashboard Confessional, and uh, Panic at the Disco was at one of them, and uh, who else? Uh, I, there's so many, so many people played, and it would have been a lot of fun. But I'm just saying that I don't think there's a lot of when I saw the, the roster, which I can't remember because when I went to the website, it's like down now because of this, it's been canceled, so I can't really see everyone I was going to play. But I find like when festivals, it's like there's like I need like a good ratio of people I want to see to make the ticket worth paying for. Cause you're paying to see a lot of people you don't want to see, you know? So you saw, you saw enough people for this, this year that was supposed to happen that you're like, I mean, I don't think you don't strike me as a Papa Roach and biscuit fan. So that's why I kind of like, huh? no, I would go just to say I've seen them. I know mm. some songs, but you know, like a lot of the, smaller text bands on there were ones that i recognized it was er, and enjoy and currently listen to yeah yeah all right well i think it was justified i mean i would have gone i mean it seemed similar to when i went to firefly because it's like i didn't recognize everyone on that bill but there was enough on there for me. To, I mean, especially like Michael and Romance was on there. I'd pay anything. So it was like <laughs> everything else was just a bonus. But there, like I was enjoying myself every day at Firefly. Like there was always some shit going on. And it's just cool discovering new artists too. And you walk around like that's a big part of festivals. I think people don't really pay attention to you anymore. It's just like, oh, there's like no one playing. So I'm not going to go. But you know, yeah. it's like, as long as there's a few artists, it's cool to walk around and discover shit. I like that. I like that mentality you got. That's a good. That's a good way to look at things. Because a lot of people, like older, like you said, they say, "Oh well, I'm not going to pay X amount of money to see a couple bands." But you don't know how much how good these other people are going to play, or they'll say, "Like, oh, the band I want to see is only going to play for half an hour, this and that." It's like well, festivals let- are 
fun too it's like you know it's cool people there there's like just fun shit to do i don't know like it's just, it's for the experience too it's like you're also just paying for the experience yeah yeah which uh apparently everyone paid for the experience of getting ripped off yeah exactly <laughs> jersey so, stuff yeah well hopefully this get this worked out and all the people if you're listening and you did unfortunately buy tickets to the, the event and didn't get your refund right away you know godspeed we are actually going to you know pour a little bit of screwball whiskey uh, in a class. cup <laughs> in a cup and dedicate it to all the people that are suffering the writers the uh, bamboozle fans and a couple of drinks for our our, our co-host to make a speedy return to the show i actually bought this a few uh weeks ago and have not opened it yet i've been proud of curbing, curbing my alcoholism nice yeah. that's a that's a big deal that's, a, that's the first step you know yeah drink a little bit less drink on only drink on weekends maybe occasionally in the mornings on weekdays uh, uh maybe one or two drinks in the mid-afternoon but never in the late <laughs> you know it's a little pick me up mid-afternoon Mm-hmm. Time for a break. We'll be right back after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey guys, Jarrell here. You hear we're having a lot of fun here doing these podcasts. Why don't you get into some of the fun too? But I'm sure I know what you guys are asking. Well, Jarrell, what do I would I put my podcasts on? I'm assuming that's how your voices sound. But have you considered trying out Buzzsprout? If you have not, let me tell you, Buzzsprout is the easy-to-use podcasting hosting site for creating successful podcasts with amazing audio quality. They have tutorial videos, podcasting courses, and a great community, as well as quick response from the customer support. Your episodes are instantly uploaded to some of the top podcasting directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and much, much more. Now, you're probably thinking this is just some like Adam just saying, but let me tell you from experience, we use Buzzsprout here on our podcast, and not only do our shows come out quick and easy, and they are a great site, but they also have some great perks. For example, a few years ago, they had a uh, PodFest out in Orlando in 2019 and Buzzsprout was nice enough to give me free tickets to see the show and I had an amazing time meeting all kind of content creators where they're doing podcasts or YouTube themselves and I was able to network and form great bonds with other people that I still carry these relationships on to this day. So I'm recommending you guys try that out and just for you if you sign up right now, you can get a free 90-day trial. No credit cards, no contracts, and you can cancel at any time. So why don't you sign up today at buzzsprout.com. Catch the buzz with Buzzsprout and watch your audience grow. Now back to the show. And we're back. Let's get to some album reviews and we'll get out of here. This first review, this band needs no introduction. It's been about 28 seasons, seven years to be exact, since we heard from the legendary heavy metal band Metallica. And they had that album in 2016 called Hardwired to Self-Destruct. 
now we are talking about the new album 72 seasons um so i had a just uh, unfavorable reaction to their last album but despite all that i was a uh, this latest one is one of the five albums I've been looking forward to for 2023. You listened to our first podcast of this year. We finally got all of them down, uh, Mitch. All the albums that I'm looking forward to at that time have been released. So let's see if this one lives up to all my hopes. Um, now I changed my opinion on Metallica thanks to uh, Tyler when we did the um, our co-host. We did the Gorillas review, remember? And I was like, I'm I want. <laughs> yeah i want masterpieces from now on i want consistent masterpieces and he straightened me out and said hey listen we can't expect these artists to make these groundbreaking albums every time and it's probably hard for the musicians to capture lightning in the bottle every time including metallica you know so i looked at that like you know what just because metallica put five you know uh game changer albums out in a row and have classic songs like creeping death one um Inner Sandman, uh, Unforgiven, Master Puppets, Fade to Black, Whom the Bells Told, et cetera, et cetera. Why should we expect perfection from them, you know? <laughs> but with this 11th album, they open with that title track. But before we get into all that, I want to ask Mitch first, because uh, you might, if you haven't heard the, that previous podcast, we don't, they might not know your thoughts on Metallica. You're into heavy music. So what do you think of this band in general? Yeah, so, you know, if you have been listening for a while, you understand that my idea of heavy music is, you know, we're reviewing three albums today and out of the three, this is not the heaviest one. <laughs> so like, this is, what are you okay. saying, debatable? Okay, I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. fight. But <laughs> oh wait, this is not the heaviest one. Yeah, you're right. It's not the heaviest. It's not the heaviest one. I no. thought you were gonna say it's the so- softest one. I'm like, eh, I don't no, know about that. <laughs> but it is not the heaviest, and that is for sure. for sure. But you know, like, I've never been like huge into Metallica. Like, you know, this the classic rock sort of vibe has never really been my thing. I I, I like the song One a lot. That's that's like the the one song that I listen to by Metallica very often. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like not ever something I gravitate towards. So when I heard that we were reviewing this album, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll see how this goes. I saw it was like an hour and 12 minutes long. And I was like, I guess I'm going to spend a lot of time with Metallica here. So you, you didn't have any expectations of it, like being something you might be impressed with because you haven't been impressed with them since like the late eighties. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, this is already just not my thing. I know I'm probably not going to like it that much just because this isn't for me in any way, you know? So it's mm-hmm. just, I'm going to get what I'm going to get and I'm just going to go into it and see what happens. So I really did my best to just be like fair, you know? Good, good. Because uh, I thought right away and I'll, even though, yeah, I said the last album I did not really like um, for reasons that i will get into later with this album when it starts off with the title track i was like okay this is like kind of like the same way they start off the last album when they start off the last album with hardwire which is like thrashy as hell they're just getting into their their thrashy roots and borderline speed metal with this this new song but i'm like you're not gonna trick me again because there's no way 
these guys almost approaching 60 years old are going to keep this momentum for the entire 77 minutes of this album. Like, but you know, the aggression, the energy is there. So I thought this was a solid opening track. It's seven, over seven minutes long. Thought it was pretty good. Did you at least like that first song? I did actually. Uh, I said it was a dope opener. Some really sick riffs going on in there. Um, you know, I always usually say like, "Ooh, well, if the vocals were heavier, it'd be perfect." You know, but <laughs> with this, it's like I respect that it's Metallica. And I know they don't fucking scream, so I I take that mindset out of there. But yeah, I thought that I I enjoyed seventy two seasons. It's cool, cool uh, riffs is mainly what I'm about. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm. I'm the same way. Where you get those like the, the beavs and butthead style, like you're just singing it to yourself. And um, um, with the singing, like James Hetfield is still doing his same, like you know, you like when he like ends every sentence with a like yeah. Yeah, like that. You know, he does that like fuel empire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little like, flare at the end there. Yeah, he does. He does that, especially on that song. You must burn. He does that on there. Uh, so if you're a Metallica fan, you're getting all the the classic like you know icons of what they do. Kurt Hammond is like doing most of like the lead guitar soloing on there, shredding more than like Iron Mountain. Uh, Lars still shows off his uh, drumming skills and you know the drums himself. Uh, if you guys recall that um, album, Everyone Hates St. Anger, where it sounded like he was like banging on garbage cans in the alley. The drums on this album are really raw and crisp the sna- in the snare department. Uh, and this is like what you always talk about, Mitch, uh, stadium metal. It is. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, but the production on this album, I thought was noticeably well done. And uh, Robert, the, the bass player, has some nice bass tabs as well. So everyone is, like, doing really good. And the way it was produced sounds really pleasing to the ears. I'd agree with that. Yep. yep. Um, let me see if there's any songs I could say that are standouts to me uh, before I get into any my overall thoughts. Uh, Screaming Suicide, I thought, has the classic 80s Metallica riffs. With an intro, it definitely could have came out in the eighties, and you were like, "Oh yeah, this is Metallica." So they're getting in their roots with that. Um, Do you like that one? No. Yes. I for what what I wrote down for that, I said it has some pretty corny lyrics, but the instrumentation on point, like of course. Um, but also, as a side note, which I think I wrote for a lot of songs on this album, and it might as well just be the whole album. I said it's very Jack Black ass music, you know, like I. <laughs> I can hear hear Jack Black singing along to these. Like, I know Jack Black is in his mansion jamming the fuck out to this album. He's having a great time. And that makes me happy when Jack Black's happy. (laughs) But, you know, that's not (laughs) me personally. I was just like, eh, this is kind of corny. And I'm sure if I was, like, raised in the era maybe where this was more normal or this was more popular than maybe, but not right now. I agree with you uh, heartily. The lyrics are like not anything to write home about. It's no, just no. it's stuff that it's semi like dark and cryptic and evil, but it's not really like, you know, that remotely scary. It's just what Metallica does. And it's one of those kind of situations where it's like when they do something different, like uh, in the mid 90s with that uh, load album, people complain. 
But then when they do exactly what we want, now it's like, are we complaining that we don't, we're, it's just so like predictable? Like, what do you want then? I don't know. What do you want? I think, uh, I don't, I don't want anything from it <laughs> personally, but I, I think maybe for the fans that do complain like that, maybe it's just time to accept that this, this, there's other music out there. There's, there's new shit. Listen mm. to that instead of the same 60 year olds you've been listening to since you were in high school. You know, it's just like, <laughs> like... Bam, 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 shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there's so much like dope new shit out there right now. You know, like we reviewed that band last or a few weeks ago. There's just, there's just so much new shit. That it's just like, you could be giving attention to, but like, you're just going to keep milking these artists that have been doing the same thing for years and years and years and years and years and eventually you're gonna get tired of it (laughs) yeah but what's what's supposed to be amazing about this is that they are the age you're saying and they still are ripping as fast as they were when they were in their 20s like tell me you're not listening to that that song we listened to earlier we talked about this the the lux attorney song when we were talked about it earlier as because it was released as a single I'm like, this shit slaps, it slays. It's right in the middle of the album. It's like a net breaking thrash metal ride. And since it's about three and a half minutes, we're able to maintain that quick speed metal like endurance for like the entire song, like full speed till no- or nothing. I'm like, fucking indeed, hell yeah. So tell me, with that song, you were like, don't you impress how old they are and they can do that? Yeah, it is impressive. That's That's like the one thing that was, mainly kind of keeping me engaged throughout the whole thing i'm like it's cool that like these older guys can do this shit like i i never once denounced the talent but it's just like really not it for me and even that song you just said um lux eterna or whatever it's called um i wrote that that was mid like i don't like i think at that point in the record i think the first half i was like pretty like onto it i was like okay i have an open mind and i know this isn't for me but there's still some cool riffs and then by lux eterna i was just like i feel fucking tired man. (laughs) you know even if the riffs are cool and and all that shit it's still like very repetitive and like you know with especially some of these fucking long ass songs it's just like oh my god like this does not have to be this long (laughs) that's a thing i'm definitely going to have to flat out mention i feel like with metallica they make long songs just because they feel obligated to do it and the problem with that maybe you might agree with me is it comes off as more of a self-necessity than natural yeah because because there was no need for any of those songs it's just like it's it felt dragging on you know it's just just, uh, yeah uh, it was tiring (laughs) yeah i totally agree this and um you know that like, like with got all the song that I do like, like chasing the light or chasing light when it's like chase the light, lean on me. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like I, I like that. It's catchy. It's fun. Fight that fight, lean on me. It's like okay, I can get with this. Um, Master Puppets is my favorite al- album by them. So obviously, I like their thrashy side of them, and they had long song than that too. Like Master Puppets, obviously, if you got the younger know that it got popular again with the uh stranger things season and that's an eight minute song but it feels naturally eight minute song there's like all these sections in there and it's it's cool but like with this album and even the stuff they've been doing for like the past like 15 years it's like you don't have to make the song long just because you're metallica 
if you've said everything you got to say and play everything you have to play, like just stop it. Four minutes is good, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I like that song. I like the Too Far Gone because it has like this like a uh, um uh, part in the song that reminds me of Leper Messiah from Master of Puppets, where it's like when that that my Too Far Gone like that part comes in. Uh, for, uh, for that song I wrote, this album's too damn long. <laughs> you got you got the the vocals down really well. I gotta give you credit for that. Yeah. You're 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 checking out, but you're still like like aware of like how the the tempo of the song goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Apparently, I'm still there though. How many times did you listen to this album? At being that 77 minute song, did you gave it like twice. Just twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That second time was a real, uh, really had to force myself there. I was feeling real sleepy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what about the Room of Mirrors when it's thrashy? I like that a bit. It's not as good as uh, Lux Eternia, but it's the third fastest song on the album. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate the faster songs, I guess, but it's still just like... I don't know. Just it's just kind of a miss for me. Like that that song that you said you like, "Chasing Light," could mm. not stand it. Uh, I just like the chorus, honestly. The lyric when he says, "Without darkness, there's no light," I was like, "Come on, are you fucking kidding me?" Like <laughs> I've heard that a million goddamn times before. That's facts, son. That's that's facts. Yeah, it's facts, but it's just like I've known this fact forever, man. Like. It, you guys are this song. You don't have any more wisdom to give us? Like, <laughs> it's not the point. I feel like with them, but um, we gotta talk about it. I guess since I made my point about they don't have to make songs as long. Woo! Uh, In a Moretta is uh sets the record for the longest Metallica song, being just over eleven minutes long. Um, I want your thoughts first. You might already said it but when you went through this whole song the first or second time what do you think of it i didn't like it 11 minutes of like nothing to me just like the misery she kills me (laughs) god man like i don't need it i just don't need it it's just not doing anything for me personally like i can understand people from a different generation thinking that this is awesome and hard and all that shit but like for me and the kind of metal I personally listened to, I was just like, oh my god, I this is the longest 11 minutes of my fucking life. I um, would prefer a shorter version of this song. <laughs> it didn't feel redundant like you're making it sound, though. It didn't feel like, but my whole point with it, it feel like there's, they actually have all these like instrumental parts and vocal parts that they worked through, and they're not like just like Co- uh, co-sing to the end maybe that's how you feel I yeah, feel that like, way there's certain parts where I was just like this is going on forever man it's like just trying to fill in 11 minutes is what it felt like I'm gonna like you know meet you halfway where I feel like I did feel it was long and we both agree on that and maybe you're actually right about it being unnecessarily long which I said so maybe I agree with you but I just felt like they use the time semi-wisely i don't know now you got me questioning myself <laughs> shit this is album four 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 fucking times and it's like i maybe i don't know what i'm talking about 
um, yeah, so I think what we're trying to convey to you guys, if you haven't heard it yet, is if you heard uh, their older stuff, this is them kind of like doing it, but it's a little bit more watered down and a little less authentic in a way. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's all I got to say with that for my final thoughts. Is anything else you want to mention? You probably wrote some like scathing, like, you know, comments. It's it's all just gonna be repetitive of what I've already said. It's it's just yeah, <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, they deserve a, a lengthy um, sum up of this album. And I will do my best to say it. So I'm gonna start right now by saying I think I was too hard on their last album, Hardwire. And if I, and this is one of the rare moments where I would retroactively raise my rating on that album if I could. But this new album doesn't have any like bulky power metal ballads like like their older albums, but also there's no like timeless songs either. Uh, but they haven't done that since like the 90s. So there's a thing with that. James is like doing what we said. He's not really known for making deep, complex lyrics. And none of the songs actually really are that thought provoking on this album. Again, hasn't done that since the 90s. So we are obviously know that's going to happen. So we're at this point now in their career. All we can ask for is an album that doesn't suck. <laughs> they they surpass suck them with this album. And that's enough. There's a, like enough callbacks to like their back catalog to like possibly satisfy the most jaded hater. Uh, maybe looking at you, Mitch. So uh, for me, and I think this is a fair rating. I'm I'm going higher than what I rated the last album. This is a uh, Flat out download this. It's okay. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I said what I said. It's just like, I just thought it was, you know, like the first half, I was kind of into it. I was like, okay, like the instrumentation, of course, super tight. There's some really fucking sick riffs in there. Cannot deny that at all. But it's just like, I really, really tried to disconnect myself and be like, yeah, these vocals, I can be into them, I can be into them, I can be into them. And it's just like, not doing it. I really was forcing myself. I, I can't imagine myself listening to this album any more than the two times I had to like force myself to. Um, you know, if you like Metallica... I guess listen to Jarrell's review more than mine because I'm just like fucking 26 year old who needs everything to be absolute brutal breakdown. I'm going to kill you music. And I get that out of this. So it didn't evoke much emotion in me. So um, personally, I'm giving it a skip this. Hmm. I thought so. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think it's fair. Maybe Metallica is only for like boomers. <laughs> or maybe your Gen Xers uh, as well. Uh, it's having a resurgence because Stranger Kid, Stranger Things told kids that Metallica is cool. But you're not going to be fooled at all, are you? No, uh, <laughs> not because you probably are, you probably already heard that song already. So yeah, <laughs> I don't care that Eddie Munson died. Fuck you. <laughs> all right, spoilers, you guys. If you haven't watched it, but that's not that's not on us because we should have watched it by now. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move from the metal to some uh, rap music now. And we're going to talk about Elm Michael Affair doing an album with Black Thought. This album is called Glorious Game. And it's less than a year since I said uh, that Cheat Codes album that we reviewed was going to be the closest thing we would get to anything new by The Roots. <laughs> but Black Thought's like, you know, hold my beer or whatever. 
hold my microphone. He's back with another collabo project this time, teaming up with the uh, New York jazz funk group L. Michaels Affair, led by multi-instrumentalist Leon Michaels. The group has so far released three studio albums and worked with artists like the Black Keys, Nora Jones, to give examples. And they've also worked with hip-hop artists like Freddie Gibbs, Mad Lib, and even Wu-Tang. Oh, yeah. And... um. So, yeah, we talked about that last album that Black Thought did with the Danger Mouse. And we like that unique style, what they matched together. It was really perfect. And this album also blends very well. But uh, I think the finished product is a bit predictable. What do you think? You thought what was predictable? This album. Because basically... I don't, like, I don't, I don't listen to this shit too much, but I really did like that, um, that album with Danger Mouse. That we were Me too. Playing. Yeah. And so once I saw this, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm probably going to fuck with this. I was not disappointed, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, it felt like he's just rapping over like these like uh, orchestral, like cinematic, soulful 70s production, which, you know, like- I've heard before like Nas do. I've heard Wu-Tang do that. And then, and then the album to me. I wasn't disappointed. It just sounded well. Maybe I was, but it just sounded like what I expected it to sound like. You know, I I personally like I'm I'm so what's the word like over over stimulated with like all of this like I don't know like a lot of people are kind of like on this like Playboy Cardi kind of beat wave where it's all like very heavy beats and like kind of scary a little bit. Um, yeah, like horrorcore. And yeah, I like, a, little okay. bit, a little bit. And then it's it's refreshing to listen to something like this. I was like, I all throughout this review, I'm praising the beats because I was fucking with them so hard because I just don't listen to shit like that very often because it's just not what's oh. like thrown in my face these days. Do you listen to The Roots at all? No, not really. Oh, because this is what, like, because now he's he's rapping with a, a, a group as opposed to what Danger Mouth where it's like a producer, like, you know, making so or instrumentalists and stuff like that. So I was like, this sounds like what I thought it would sound like. Like, if this is what, why don't you do new, new Roots album? But I agree with you in a way where it's like, you know, even though I'm like, all right, the, the title track sound like I'm listening to like a black exploitation soundtrack. And it's got like the whole like bass lines and low key blues guitars in there. I'm like, oh, he's like rapping about like the seedy city, city streets of like New York in the mid seventies, it feels like. I'm like, this could be like, if they bring back that show, Black Dynamite, put this fucking song on there because this really would be great for the intro credits. You know, he's talking about the glory days of furs, pimping, taking your bitch. Yeah. Uh, it's what the singer, R&B singer, I never heard of him, but his name is Kirby. And he's doing like the uh, high octave vocals on that hook. So it's like, yeah, this is, sounds like you're trying to get a vibe. And I would have, predicted you to do that it doesn't feel like uh the music does feel pretty like standard to like what he does but lyrically he's being like introspective as it reflects on his life experiences throughout the album so it's not the same as the last album i i feel like there's a theme happening right did you notice there um i wasn't paying attention i mean i know that a lot of the lyrics in this one was like glory days here's how things used to be here's our thing how things are now Mm. here's my mindset but i feel like a lot of old school rap kind of leans that way in my mind (laughs) yeah you want me to talk about some of my favorite tracks on this one because i did not hate it at all i'll be be honest with you 
That's good. Um, uh, Holloway, I thought was a good one. But what's weird about it is like that at that point in the album, it had this like weird, like distorted guitar intro. I'm like, oh, this is going to be different. But that quickly like goes away and the beat like goes back to be calm and grimy enough to like match his like aggressive flow. But I like, I like overall like the song. Uh, I was hoping it, like he would do something a little bit more out there. That's my overall opinion of Black Thought at this point. Um, what about uh, Protocol? Did you have a thoughts on that one? That was probably one of my top favorites. Um, just some really fucking cool bars. Like I like the, I'm from another planet, but currently I'm standing here. Where I see people clearly taking everything for granted. The like this has been my reality. Maybe I'm schizophrenic. Like I don't know. It's just yeah. there was a lot of like standout lines in that. Yeah, a lot of bars, man. A lot of bars. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah, I think like what that was where if you like that, this that was the closest I thought to like a roots um song because the the live instrumentation on that song is really abundant where you could tell it's a band playing, and that when I like my favorite song on the album is the weather, uh, because I like how the music is like slower. And like like halfway through like the verse, like the beat picks up and he yeah. matches that and like can speed up with it as well at the same time. And I love like the imagery on that song where he's like talking about summers in Philly, like gorilla style speakers the DJs had at the park. Like he's able to help me visualize everything he's talking about. The pigeons yeah. and the sneakers on the power lines, playing stickball all day, the neighbors like dressed up, like sitting on like the steps, like passing around the bottle. I'm just, I'm like fucking seeing that shit. Yeah, it's, it's like a really good storyteller. It's like yeah. very, like really painting a picture of what's going on and it feels like you're there. Like, it's very impressive. It's a good writer. I like the line, uh, herd immunity, the definition of community, the only neighbor that ever knocked is opportunity, that never knocked is opportunity. Yes. It's like, yeah. That was hard. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorite ones? Um besides protocol i really did love i'm still somehow me too uh, just like that beat and just like the flow is so fucking good like it's just like so smooth and um i really wish like, that song was longer yeah for sure that was yeah. one where i was like yeah. I didn't sad that it's over but it's uh, like only two minutes right which is like yeah. most of his songs was album it's like two minutes anyway it's like it 30 crazy. minute album with like 12 tracks crazy going from his to this where it's like here's an 11 minute song of nothing and then here's uh <laughs> everything in two minutes and i'm like fuck i want more but uh you know it's been pretty nice out the past two days so uh i've been listening to this while skating a lot and it's perfect soundtrack for skateboarding um i will say but mm -hmm. yeah man like protocol i'm still somehow uh holloway was definitely a huge standout for me as well. I mean, just the, the album in general. It's like I didn't even write that much just because I was vibing with it the whole fucking time. And I was like, I just don't have anything that bad to say about any of this. It's just, it's dope. Yeah, I'm, this, I'm the same way with you. There's a lot of songs where it's just like I'll be repeating myself and I would, but I, I like the production. I like the way he, but he always is was like one of the, like the, the top tier, like, you know, hip hop lyricists out there. Um, this conscious like you know flow and everything like that which i probably said on the last review we did uh the last track called alter ego is like the longest track at three and a half three minutes and 11 seconds and it's i thought it was a decent closer about him having like this epiphany on his life and maturing i sit there in the mirror staring intensely 
I should act my age. I'm approaching half a century. Um, basically, he's like giving words of wisdom to the listener. So the album like kind of ends with like him like giving advice and understanding like where he is in his life, where the the whole album is like talking about like what you said like the the way things were, and then way he was, and then now he's like that. So as much as I you guys think I'm I'm shitting on it, I just wish that the production wasn't so expected you know yeah i feel that so for the most part uh, i guess i will i will let you go first this time with your review then and that's just i overstepping you because you said you no, were no, all no. right go ahead um because yeah it was a short album but um yeah like i said i didn't really write too much about this but like in a good way because you know there's yeah. times where you don't write anything so you're like i can't make sense of this but yeah. Um, you know, it is only a half an hour long, which I thought was perfect for something like this. Um, even though some tracks definitely, I think, should have been longer. I think half an hour, you know, like what Drake's been doing, and he has like these, like an hour and a half long records. I'm like, okay, like, you know, I, I like yeah, but this is too much, and it's all gonna sound exactly the fucking same as your Drake. But um, yeah, you know, on here, like the flow is ridiculously clean, and I think all of the beats are like just gorgeous. Like they just sound amazing. I love like filler style. It's a good breath from the shit that we're like oversaturated with now um you know all the songs tell a story and i find a lot of them to be pretty inspiring um so very solid album altogether. i'm definitely going to be revisiting this one uh, pretty often and i'm going to give it a buy this okay yeah well i just thought the album was okay i i do like the songs are short there's no filler on here i only say that 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 glory game Glorious game reprise, I didn't think was like necessary. Where it like just goes that first song and like that little hook they put there, they could have cut that off or had a different song to make it 12 tracks. Very thoughtful background music, I will say, um, for the whole album. But talking with Mitch, I'm still gonna give it the same uh, rating, but I'm gonna go a little bit higher and go with the high download this. It's, you know, it's, it's, I think if I keep listening to it, you know, I probably yeah. might appreciate it more yeah, land a few and, clips while listening to it it'll change your mind <laughs> just, as i just like you know sprain my ankle i get it now <laughs> Take, call, call the hospital please yo before we get the last one uh as a skater did you used to watch scarred on mtv what was it called scarred no i never watched that oh, okay it was like uh the papa roach i mentioned earlier the lead singer it was basically like um like watching, like uh, what is to- Tosh point oh, but it's all like, uh, like skate skateboard film. like accidents and uh, biker accidents stuff like that. No, like my my main uh, or like one of my main inspirations for skating when I was younger, I watched a lot of Viva La Bam. I love Bam Margera, so he's he's really breaking my heart recently. What did but, he do recently? He's did he go to jail or something like that? it's always so like he was like on the run in the woods for a bit and it's like every other day there's just some new information where like you know there was a period of time there where he was doing a lot better and he was hanging out with Steve-O because has been sober for like almost a decade now um yeah Steve-O's really been trying to like help Bam get on the mend and you know he'll, they'll, the things will be going well and then Bam will like have a few drinks and it's completely fucking fly off the handle and then it's like back at square one again so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very sad because I really looked up to him for a long time. 
I feel like after his friend like got in that car accident, yeah, uh, exactly. Ryan, he's been like lost forever since, you know. Yeah, and, he knows yeah. that too. It's it's what's sad. And uh, also, I'm surprised he's able to even like connect with Sibo because of the movie that he was not asked to be in. Yeah, yeah, he's more mad. I think his hatred is mainly at Jeff Tremaine at this okay. point, and maybe Spike, but. I, I don't know. It's, it's you know, he just, he's like an addict, so he just kind of goes on these fucking rants, and sometimes it makes sense, and a lot of the times they don't make sense, and I don't know. I just, I really hope he can uh, turn his shit around for good. We should have him on the show. We should, we should, yeah. uh, we should he, ask him to be on Apparently, if you get him when he's in a right state of mind, he'll just agree to do it, so. Okay. <laughs> we'll work it out, you guys. We'll try to get a a guest spot of uh Bam Marjez jealous on our episode on one of our episodes. All right. So let's uh, let's go to an album that you wanted us to review, Mitch. Uh the last review we're doing tonight is the band Jesus Peace with their album So Unknown. And this is not Christian rock. <laughs> and I was and I was like, I don't think like Jesus is even mentioned on this album at all. <laughs> You're clutching your pearls all the time, Jerome. Yeah. Yeah. Actually this is like a Philadelphia five piece metalcore band. Who've been around since 2015? They released a couple EPs. They put out their debut album, Only Self, in 2018, which many people enjoyed for its extreme heavy sound. So, Mitch, background in the band and your thoughts on this first album. Go. I have always fucking loved Jesus Peace from the beginning. Um, I saw them and I want to say it was probably 2018. It was when that album came out. They were opening up for Knots Loose. Um, that was an absolutely fucking insane show i don't remember the name of the venue it was in the city but it was on like the second floor of a place and i really felt like that the, the floor was gonna fucking cave in just because people mm-hmm. were doing bad shit i got thrown into a merch table amazing show. <laughs> uh but yeah. i can see you landing on there uh, two shirts please <laughs> yeah exactly did you uh, land on a table <laughs> yeah i break a record and they're like you have to buy that you know <laughs> But uh, yeah, no man, they're they're fucking brutal. Um, I've been waiting like five years for this record. Um, and once they released uh, their first single, which I think was Tunnel Vision, maybe uh, that was just like, oh shit, man, this album is gonna be fucking devastating. Like, mm. this is gonna be hard. And I was not let down. <laughs> okay. Um, what the. <laughs> I hate when you kind of spoil your thoughts on it because I'll, I'll but I'll do the same thing because uh, this album is 10 tracks, 27 minutes, 27 minutes long. So it's your standard hardcore punk record from the eighties, you know, but uh, it felt a little bit longer than me. <laughs> that I'm sorry, dude. It felt longer than 27 oh. minutes. Um, but with the shortness of it all, I don't, have a lot to say on this album the album i'll just describe to you guys it's like down to sludgy brutal thrash guitar riffs beat down hardcore breakdowns aggressive shouting vocals and the lyrics are and you're coming off on a, a review we did earlier from metallica with the lyrics this album had lyrics that are like cliche in this genre with like these non-sequiturs but i want to tell you guys right now that is not important with this genre you <laughs> Is someone else like? Can I ask? Is someone else doing like the the, the background yelling on this album? Because yeah, I think the the guitarist maybe does some hard vocals on there too. I like that. 
I really yeah. like the, the dual vocal duties that they have going on there. I don't think they were really doing it on uh, Only Self. So that was like definitely something they leaned in more on this record that I really appreciated. Yeah, that's one of the things this, these guys get right on this album. And in some cases, they only have like a couple minutes to like ex- ex- exclaim all like these dark, like like intense, like metal things, like the, the subgenre. But they like use every second to convey it. So I, I got to give them props for that. There's no wasted time on this album at all. No. Um, let's just get to the opening tr- opening track, which is called "In Constraints," because it's like <laughs> I I this is I don't know if I roll my eyes like in disgust when this song comes on, thinking of you, because this song just starts. It's like okay, typical Mitch, yeah, typical Mitch. Really, you just want to fucking start swinging and crowd killing. <laughs> That's what I look for. Because <laughs> Aaron Heard is named the singer. He's yeah. immediately He's shouting. He's like First the note. best fucking vocalist in hardcore for me. He's he's crazy. Yeah, he shouts immediately on the first note and does not really up through this whole album. Um, but I like the the next song called "Fear of Failure" because it has a really great lead vocal riff. I, I I'm like, all right, I fuck with this like yeah. rhythm banger. Get like a decent yeah on the, I love on the, the song. Blah. Yep. on tunnel vision the song you mentioned and uh pretty sweet like two-step hardcore breakdown afterwards when he does that that uh, black thing i like uh so i gotta say by the time we got to this song fuck the bullshit i'm like all right these guys are like kind of like knock loose or maybe like in a way of like the band code orange but without the industrial uh alternative metal moments or the female vocals, all that stuff. You take all that away, just to the hardcore death metal element of a uh, Code Orange. And like this album basically serves its purpose, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's just what they're supposed to do. And I don't knock them at all for that. Um, so your first time hearing this album, going into like the first four tracks I've already went through, like, do you have anything you want to mention about those ones? Nah, man, it's just, like, that first track, immediate punch in the face. Like I said, mm. I immediately just want to start fucking moving. I'm pretty sure I, when I remember it, it came out, I was watering the plants at work. And so, you know, it's, like, 8 in the morning, I fucking put this on, and I'm, I'm watering plants, which is, seems like a very peaceful job, but the people driving by my job see me watering the plants, but I have this, like... Ex- like exaggerated fucking like <laughs> mad face on just because these riffs are just so fucking awesome that I'm like <laughs> I thought you're like wind hard. windmilling with like the, the flower like you know like windmilling with the water thing like just yeah, watering yeah. everything like stage diving into like the plants and shit the plants yeah right on just Polly and stab the shit out of myself or something but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah man like that first track I was like like fuck that this is gonna be amazing that last breakdown, like the last 30 seconds of uh, In Constraints was just like devastating. Fear of Failure, also absolutely fucking insane. Like you said, that riff is fantastic. Um, Tunnel Vision, uh, that was the first uh, single that came out. So I'd listen to that over and over again. And that blech was just yeah. perfect, perfect. Chef's kiss. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, FTBS sick like i just that fuck that bullshit just gets fuck stuck that bullshit. Fuck that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> just gets stuck in my head constantly it's it's how i feel at work constantly too 
um so yeah man those those first tracks are just shit like i was like this record it's already up there for me <laughs> it's a uh, it's well produced too i'll say as well like the drums are really ear piercingly crisp the guitars are like dense and perfect as well it's just for me it was just like there's a point where it's just like i don't i'm not really invested anymore because nothing is sounding i don't know it's just like why does this not feel like a fast 27 minutes? Maybe that's the way I'm trying to convey it. Did you feel like it felt like the time passed fast or did you feel like it's... No, I, it, it did feel like a little longer for me, but that was good in my mind because I was like <laughs> sick. Like a lot of the times these hardcore records are like, God damn it, it's already over. Like, I, And I have to wait another like three years or whatever for, for another record. But with this, yeah. like, there's enough going on that I'm like, this is, this is going to be good. Like I, I fuck with it. Yeah. So my biggest standout on this album, because I'm kind of into this kind of hardcore when it does this, is the song An Offering to the Night, because it's a uh, fast, thrashy parts, sludgy breakdowns, and kind of an almost new metal-esque bass groove in the middle. I kind of like that. Where it's the most... I, I would have been happy if it was the way the song started. Just did that the whole two half minutes. Yeah. But they did other things in there, which was cool. I got to say, great segue from Silver Lining to, like, Gate of uh, Horn. There's, like, oh. this, like, dense, like, noise that's happening. It's, like, and then, like, goes next. So I'm, like, that was pretty good. I like that. The Gates of Horn is one of my fucking favorites on this record. Because that's, like, true. Like, I want a two-step. This is murder music. <laughs> Just unforgivingly heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um and there's a weird part in the album where this song called Stolen Life has op- opens with this like more like alternative metal vibes, like semi-clean guitar riffs that open. And you're like, oh, they're doing something different. I'm like, nah, we're going to go back to what we're back. doing immediately. Yeah. You know, so don't worry if you're like, no, they're selling out. Like, no, just wait another like five seconds and they're going to go back to like that sound you've been hearing for the whole album. Uh, then the album is with the Bond with like all the chunky chugga riffs and occasional blast beats are are like that that uh growing metalhead needs yeah and you know it's all there so there's only 10 tracks so i couldn't really figure out what song would not be like belaboring my point but um as much as you think i i didn't like it i was like i was pleased with like how angry and like aggressive it made me feel you know what do you got to feel? Say about it. Sorry. Uh, I thought the bond was a really fucking solid closer. You know, the addictive riffs were happening all the way until the end. Um, you know, this is one of those albums where it made me wish that I had hair so I could still properly headbang again because yeah. uh, it's just so goddamn heavy. Um, again, true fuck you murder music. And that's just always what I want. So it really satisfied my needs. Yeah, I feel like what's weird about this album, not weird, but in general, I feel like with this kind of music for me, and maybe some people are different, whereas I can only listen to it like if I'm in a mood for it. It's kind of like some people only listen to like, you know, death metal and heavy stuff and they could go with it all the time, but she's odd to me. It's got to be kind of like in that headspace. So this isn't an album I would listen to every day, but it's a great soundtrack to pummel the fuck out of people, whether you're in a mosh pit or like at a children's party. And I speak from experience. I've been in a situation 
where I want to, you know, fight anyone in the room, you know, so, um, yeah, so short, I, so like this review, so I'm going to, um, really, really, really positive high download this. I think you should hear it, uh, go out of your way, listen to it. And if you are into this kind of like music and you listen to it all the time, definitely purchase it. But right now it's definitely something that anyone should hear and get that experience of like, you know, <laughs> of what they're doing. What is, you know, so what do you think? Man, this is the kind of hardcore that I want and I crave. It is unforgiving. It doesn't slow the fuck down. It doesn't give you time to breathe. It's just like, fuck you. You better be careful. Like, like, mm. be aware of your surroundings. Some shit's gonna go down. <laughs> and yeah. I fucking love that shit. Like, the sense of danger. I love the anger. I don't know if that's a reflection of who I am or what, but it's <laughs> like everything I wanted in a hardcore record. And so... I give it a very fair praise this. What? <laughs> Is that fair? For me, yeah, man, this is this this checks all of the boxes of hardcore for me. It's just it's fucking brutal, unforgiving, insane riffs. Aaron Hurd is one of my favorite fucking hardcore vocalists right now. Um, you know, he even though Jesus Peace wasn't really doing shit the past like five years, they weren't releasing anything. He was still doing guest vocals on shit like um the Acacia Strain and shit like that. So he's always just fucking killing it, man. And it was so good to hear this and. I, I wouldn't change anything about it. I just think it's fucking amazing. All right, you guys, you might hear a potential best album of the year from uh from Mitch at the when we wrap up 2023. Uh, I'm actually thinking maybe I should go higher because you make a good point. There's nothing that they could have done differently, maybe. But I have to I have to think about it. You know, it didn't it did feel kind of uh I don't know. I, I'm just so confused now. I don't know what I don't know what, what's reality anymore. I don't know what reality is anymore. What's up? What's down? <laughs> but yeah, all right, you guys. We gave you a show despite having only two of us. We gave you an almost two hour show. Um, we will be back in a couple of weeks with maybe not so much reviews, but we are going to do a do a little bit of something different with the uh, summer happening soon. College is getting out. We'll be talking about some uh, college movies, and I'll be doing my best to redeem some of the antagonists in three college comedy movies and it'll be a fun discussion as well until next time here's how to get in touch with us before that i gotta say uh thanks mitch for being here for us you know couldn't do this without you <laughs> old faithful uh, Mitch. yeah always showing up <laughs> mm -hmm. all right so here's how to do it you want to do the outro stuff or you want me to do it you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Let's see if you'll be more faithful for doing this outro stuff, but we'll see. Next time, Mitch. Uh, email us at njhabaradio at gmail.com. Any of your questions, your insight, and your opinions, we'll read them on the, the next show. Uh, you go to our YouTube page, uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash public perspectives, or type in public perspectives in the search. Find our channel. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell so you get the, all our videos right to you. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on the social media that are important. 
Public Perspectives, Public Reviews, 15, whatever. Patreon.com slash Public Perspectives. You can uh, donate $5 and you will, a month and you will get access to all our retro reviews. And Feliz uh, Navidad, or what do you guys say, Mexican, because we're recording this show during the Cinco de Mayo weekend. So have a happy uh, Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Cuatro, Cinco de Sits and Sets and Ocho, oh, <laughs> Nueve Diaz and uh, Diaz Uno, Diaz Dos, Diaz. <laughs> All those numbers. Till next time. Diaz. What's up? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Happy, happy Cameron Diaz. <laughs> bye bye. Later, haters. Later.